The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's time. It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack had you covered with all the news and notes surrounding, surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th Avenue Faceoff. Welcome in. It is Fifth Avenue Faceoff, a rare weekend episode of Fifth Avenue Faceoff. Although maybe you're listening to this on Monday as the Penguins get ready for a return engagement against the New York Islanders. This one at home after they blew a lead on Long Island on Friday night. Uh, I don't know about you, but there were some serious PTSD moments there throwing it back to 2021 and 2019 and those first round exits at the hands of the New York Islanders. And you hate to see a blown lead, but a blown lead on Long Island to that team who's chasing you down in a four-point game, no good, no good. And even worse yet, Saturday night's loss to the Devils because for the first period, the Penguins, I thought, played fairly well. And then all of a sudden, it was like somebody flipped a switch. The Devils came alive, and the Penguins just... I wouldn't call it disinterested. It, it, it was like they they forgot everything they were supposed to be doing. They tried to do too much. They turned the puck over, in particular on the power play, a shorthanded goal scored by Nico Heeshier, uh, who had a four-point night, including an empty netter late to put things away. Uh, and the Penguins just, they got, uh, let's be frank about it, they got dominated in the final 40 minutes of that game Saturday night. And, it was, it wasn't everybody. Look, if you look at the possession metrics, um, the guys that have played well this year still played pretty well on Saturday night, even in that ugly loss to the Devils. Chris Letang, I know he had the turnover on the power play that led to the shorthanded goal, but at five on five, he was dominant. Jason Zucker, how much more can you say about this guy? He played extremely well. Uh, the second line as a whole had a pretty good night. Malkin and Rust included. The first line was what the first line has been. The anchor, and I mean pos- I mean that positively, the anchor for this team uh, in steering the ship, Sidney Crosby, uh, Jake Gensel, and Ricard Raquel. But when you scroll down to the bottom of those possession metrics as where you find the usual suspects. And it leads you in a direction, a couple directions, where you thought going into the trade deadline, hey, this team, if they can just get a forward added to the mix, whether it's a top six somehow that bumps a rust or Zucker down to the third line. But more importantly, is it a third line center? Is it somebody to give you those quality minutes on the third line and killing penalties who can provide some offensive punch, but still possess defensive responsibility? And maybe who knows, give you the same kind of opportunities in the face-off circle that Jeff Carter, to be quite honest, that's the one thing he's done well this year is win face-offs, but that's the only thing he's really done well because Saturday night, we're talking again about Carter's line, Carter, Kapanen, McGinn, near the bottom of the possession metrics. They got utterly handled by the Devils, especially in the final two periods on Saturday night. Teddy Bluger was not great either. And he has not bathed himself in glory this year. And that's becoming a problem for whoever his wings are on the fourth line. Drew O'Connor didn't have a great night. 
but Drew O'Connor hasn't been a problem this year. More often than not, he's been one of the few bright spots. Uh, and I mentioned new problems popping up before we get to the goaltending issue. And by the way, I don't think Dustin Tokarski played a bad game on Saturday night. He just got absolutely pelted in the second and third period. Uh, 16 shots on goal from the Devils in the second, 15 in the third, 43 total. Uh, Tokarski, to his credit, made a great you know, the scorpion save uh, on the shorthanded attempt in the third period when the Devils were really dominating the Penguins' power play, which is now 2 of 19 since the All-Star break. Looked absolutely awful. Sharon Govich. Uh, with the shorthanded opportunity there that Tokarski stopped. But again, the goaltending situation is separate. Let's hold that off for just a minute. The issue of defensive depth now, I think, has to be addressed because Chad Ruedel is not getting it done as your seventh defenseman. He's just not. He had an awful game against New Jersey. And when you look at this team's lineup, Brian Dumoulin is still playing on the top line. Brian Dumoulin is still getting top defensive pairing minutes. I mean, 20 minutes a night? That, why is, why is, I understand he kills penalties, but even with Dumoulin's game improving over the last month, he still should not be getting top defensive pairing minutes. And he is, and that's not good. Brian Dumoulin should be p- playing third pairing minutes. Uh, and again, they're not totally healthy on the blue line. I get that. Uh, but is Jan Ruda the answer? Okay. I, I like the game Ruda has played more often than not this year. And I like him on the top pair, or excuse me, on the third pairing with POJ when they get an opportunity to play together when Ruda is healthy. But that still leaves you with an open spot on the top line. Are we going to go back to Petter? Should we go to Pedersen Latang? Okay, I'll take Pedersen Latang as my top pairing. Who's playing second D now with Petrie? POJ. We can bump him up there. Great. Now we've got another hole on the third pairing. Who's going to play next to Ruda once he's healthy? I like Mark Friedman. I know he loses his head sometimes. I know we can have lapses in D zone coverage, which is not what you want. But I think the energy that he brings is something that this team sorely lacks that you can get from a guy playing 14 or 15 minutes a night on a third defensive pairing. And something that's lacking that much, I'm willing to give up some things on the back end, quite literally in this case, to get Mark Friedman in the lineup when he's healthy. But again, now we're talking about health again. Ruta still out. Friedman dinged up. They don't have the depth on this blue line right now to get through more than one series of the playoffs. I mean, I don't even have enough to get through a single series of the playoffs because Ruedel's not good enough. Maybe you get Ty Smith back up. Uh, but is that going to be enough? Uh, they don't have the defensive depth. And so is that something else you need to shop for at the trade deadline? Okay, we're talking... Man, it's third line center. We're talking defensive depth. And oh yeah, here's the elephant that just walked into the room or that's been sitting back in the corner there munching on peanuts the whole time. And that is, who who do you count on between the pipes for this team come playoff time? Who? It's not Dustin Tokarski. Again, I didn't have too big a problem with the way he played Saturday night because the guys in front of him hung him out to dry, giving up more than 40 shots. Uh, But it's not Casey DeSmith because you can't count on him to give you consistent effort. One night, he's fantastic. He's the guy that showed up against Colorado in the third period in overtime. Another night, he's a guy that gets absolutely blown away by the Kings in L.A. Uh, So you can't count on DeSmith. And we don't know if we can count on Tristan Jari because we haven't seen him do it in the playoffs. And even when we talk about regular season, 
Is he healthy? We don't know what's wrong with him right now. We know it's an upper body injury. And for some reason, they keep thinking he's close, but he's not actually back in the lineup. I, I, you've heard whispers from some people. Is it a concussion? Is that why? Are, are they just not saying it? Uh, is it? What is it then? What, what, what is it with Tristan Jari? And when he does get healthy and he's able to come back, how long are we going to go before whatever it is or something else pops up and he's unavailable? This team needs a veteran backup goaltender who you can count on to jump into the mix, to use a, a Mike Tomlinism, uh, jump on a moving train, come playoff time if that's what it comes to, or late in the regular season. And if that means stripping Casey DeSmith out, uh, then you do it. Uh, at this point, you've got too many issues, though, if you're Ron Hextall, to patch all the holes, right? How many more fingers can you stick in the dam before the water is just coming out in too many spots? And I think that's where Hextall's at at this point. Look, he says he doesn't want to deal his first round pick. You're going to have to. You're going to have to. If 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 you want to, and the the Leafs getting uh, getting Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Achari was a mega deal. I don't expect Hextall to pull anything like that off. It would have been a great deal for the Penguins. I would have given up all the draft picks that the Leafs gave up in order to pull that off. But Hextall's going to have to, if, if we're just talking about one piece of that deal, if we're just talking about, for example, O'Reilly, then you're talking about a first round pick. You're talking about an established player, probably a young established player. Uh, you're going to have to move out cap space and or involve a third team to eat some of the contract that's coming back to you, depending on who the player is and what their, their cap hit is. There's so much going into just making one necessary move. If you're Ron Hextall right now, how do you make the two or three necessary moves to take this team from hmm, getting into the playoffs and playing around and probably getting bounced by Carolina in six to, or if they play Boston in five, maybe four Boston, an absolute juggernaut right now uh, to, Oh, no, no, no. We feel like we have the pieces that we can put it together and we can make a run to at least the conference finals or we consider ourselves cup contenders. Think of how much has to happen to get the Penguins to that point. You've got to revamp your entire third line, add more scoring punch to the mix while doing so. You've got to add defensive depth and find a veteran goaltender you feel like you can trust should your starter go down, down the stretch or in the playoffs. Good luck getting all that done. When you've got $16,000 worth of cap space, they're in a bad way. Don't worry. That's why we have Jenna Harner of WPXI Channel 11. Uh, she is effusively positive. She'll find bright spots even in this Pittsburgh Penguins team right now. How do I know? Because I, I'm going to count on her to do it. Jenna Harner of Channel 11 WPXI. She joins me next right here on Fifth Avenue Faceoff.